case your business to the folks that are helping to take our country back. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and I would like to encourage everyone to make sure they are prepared financially as the Federal Reserve continues to destroy the value of the dollar. Since the closing of the gold window in 1971, the Federal Reserve has led the way in the explosion of debt and the devaluing of your money. They openly say that they need 2% inflation, which simply means they hope to devalue your money and they want to do this every single year, year after year. I know it's hard to understand, but the Federal Reserve believes in prosperity through debt and growth via the devaluation of your future. To learn more about how to protect yourself, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800-951-0592 and protect yourself against the devaluing of your money. everybody. Welcome to today's program, the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church. I'm Rick Rodriguez, your host, founder of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. The two verses I have, one is Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of kings to search out a matter. God conceals so much from mankind and so much from his people, but God does say in the Proverbs, the honor of kings is to search out a matter. And as God's children, as his kings to be, we are to search out the matters that are important in our lives. Second verse is John 3, 8. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. So is everyone born of the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit. The wind blows where it pleases and you hear its sound but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going so it is with everyone born of the spirit in the early 1960s the Jesus movement the great spirit the move of the Holy Spirit in the United States of America with baby boom children began. These were the children that were born after World War II, probably 46, 47, to about 62, 63. And it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of kings to search out a matter. Everyone knew about the Jesus movement. 
they realized that in the United States, beginning in the 60s, early 60s, and I would say with the election of John F. Kennedy, I have a reason to, to believe that, the Spirit of God knows the end of the world and the plan for the end of the world. Israel is a nation in 1948. Seventy years later would put us in the time period roughly that we're in right now. And after 70 years, Israel will begin to bloom as a nation. Israel is blooming as a nation, has bloomed, and is in full bloom. The Jesus Movement generation, which affected the Christian community internationally, began in the United States with these children. God knew that this generation of children would be the target of the devil. The Vietnam War begins, sexual revolution begins, the New Age movement and the occult societies and the occult itself began to manifest, began to manifest within the rock culture, the British invasion, Many of the, uh, some of the uh, English groups were involved in the occult, and many within this country, the rock groups were involved in the occult. 1966, you have the Satanic Bible by Anton LaVey. Satan's target is always to interfere with God's move. There have been awakenings in America's history, but the most significant, I would say, would be the baby boom generation born-again movement in the United States of America, the Jesus movement of this country. It affected, eventually, what happens in Europe, in Africa, in Asia, Central America, Mexico, Canada, a lot of um, in Canada, there are quite a few churches in Canada that became very alive to the Holy Spirit. In England, the same. All through Europe. The Jesus movement, I believe, concluded in about 1976. I believe it was about a 16-year period of time. And during that time, the main focus of the Holy Spirit, I believe, was to, like John 3.8 says, the wind blows where it pleases. You'll hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. In the Jesus movement, there were many Jewish people, young Jewish people who were born again as well as young Gentile people. It was, it affected this nation 
in a very powerful way because these young people changed music, changed uh, the Hollywood and the production of movies to a great degree, education. The Jesus movement people were just in their early teens to late teens, early 20s. They would affect this whole society. God had a plan with the Jesus movement, a great plan with it. In 1972, in January, I, I became a believer. I was born again. I was raised Catholic. I didn't have much teaching concerning the Bible. Had a lot of teaching concerning Catholic tradition and Catholic superstition, but very little doctrinal background. But from the time of January of 1972 until June 2nd of 1974, when I would consecrate my life to the Lord and be baptized, during that period of time I really didn't have much Bible teaching. I did for the last six months, probably from the late uh, 73 into early 70, to the June of 74, a friend had given me a little New Testament Bible that I carried in my back pocket, and I would read it. I would read it. And then I did get a, a, a good news for modern man from my grandmother. And that's about all the biblical background I had other than meeting other Christians. But during that time, at the time I was born again in January, I had been unemployed for about four months. I couldn't find work. And just one night on a Saturday night, I just really had to ask God for help. For another matter, but also the second matter, which was lesser matter, was I needed work. Well, that was on a Saturday night. On Sunday... The next day I went to a party with a friend, all you can drink beer for one dollar. I couldn't afford to buy the beer. A friend bought beer for me. I didn't drink much. I actually went around asking the friends if they knew anybody that needed, I needed a job. Was anybody hiring? Well, I did meet a, a man who was manufacturing horse trailers. He asked me if I had experience welding. I said I did in high school for a couple of years in ag class. I told him that it had been a while, but I knew how to, to weld straight bead, and if he'd help me out, I, I didn't have any problem with that. He hired me immediately. Monday, two days later, within 48 hours, I'm working. Another month later, they closed that shop down, and he moves the business to Grand Junction, Colorado. But Adolph Coors was building bar barley warehouses east northeast of Longmont, Colorado. And I heard about it, and I went out, and I really daily, almost at least two, three times a week, would pester the, the uh, supervisor. His name was Al Hahn. And I would go out, and I would just ask him if he needed help. He didn't need any help. It was February. It was still cold. They hadn't started doing anything yet. 
but I just stayed on it. I just felt, I knew to just keep going back. Already the Holy Spirit was prompting me. Already the Holy Spirit was directing me. I knew there was a change. Something had happened in my life. And by faith, for some reason, I just knew this was to be, I, I was to work for Adolf Coors. I just knew that. Just by the wind blowing, I don't know where it's going, I don't know what it's saying, I don't, I don't know the Holy Spirit, I don't know the Lord that well, but I know that I need to pursue this. Well, eventually, I went back, I saw him on a Wednesday, he said, well, I'll probably hire in the next two weeks. Well, I went back on that following Monday. I went on a Friday. He said, well, it'd be two weeks, Rick. I went Monday morning. Well, he realized I wasn't going to give up. And he said, tell you what, when can you start? I said, I can start right now. He said, you come tomorrow morning. They hired me on. And I just knew that God was with me. I know this is your experience too. This is my testimony, but you need to remember what the Holy Spirit did with you during the early years of your being born again. I say that during the 1960 to 1976, the work, the main work of the Holy Spirit with these young people was to teach them the wind, to teach them when he was blowing, when he was moving, to teach them that he's, you don't know where he's going, you don't know where he's coming from, but because you're born again, you're going to be directed by the Holy Spirit. Well then, in uh, I'm working at Coors, three and uh, from seven to three thirty. Well then, in May, <clears throat> I find out that the Red Cross is giving uh, lessons on safety instructor for swimming, uh, water safety instructor, and I just knew. I heard about it on a Thursday. I went to the uh, Red Cross in Longmont, and I was able to sign up. That very evening, they were having their first class over in Boulder at the YMCA. Well, I'd just gotten off work, 3.30. It was about quarter, about 4 o'clock, and I think that the sessions began at 5. I immediately bolted over to Boulder, and for the next three days, I took a, an intensive class and became a water and, and got my water safety instructor license. Well, the manager of the Longmont Recreation Department, Reggie Batt, who was the uh, he ran the pool. He when I I'd been swimming up at the pool for oh since I was 11 years old, I'm 22. And Reggie came over and asked me, he said, he said, listen, he says, when you get done with this class, he said, would you want to be a guard? And I said, well, sure I would. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, finished the class on Sunday, I was hired. And from that point forward, now not only was I working at Coors, but I knew instinctively that I needed to get that WSI license. And immediately, I get hired on with the city of Longmont, and I'm a guard at the Sunset Pool. 
then in the winter they I, I remember I uh, they finished the operation for Coors and through the winter I got by doing odds and ends but the next summer I got on once again with the uh, city of Longmont guarding and then eventually I would in 1973 I would become the uh, weekend manager of the indoor the new indoor pool centennial pool and I just knew I just knew how the Lord was working I just understood it I didn't know the Bible again but I knew God was real and I had an instinct then after Coors in 1973 they uh, finished the barley warehouse I didn't have a job other than the weekend job at the pool once the fall came the indoor pool was still open but I met a friend I had a friend and he was driving a grain truck from Greeley Colorado out to Haxton Colorado to pick up wheat then take the wheat to the Pillsbury and Conagra grain uh, mills in Nebraska. And I said, hey, you know, I'd like to get on. Well, I'd never driven a semi before, but he, Wayne took me out a couple of times. I eventually hired on cold turkey with Dean Castleman trucking. I just knew that was the direction I was to go. I just knew that for some reason, this was the way that God wanted me to go. And so for the next nine months, I'd drive a, a grain truck. And at the, on the weekend, I'd drive the grain truck during the week. I'd get back on Saturday, and I would uh, manage the indoor pool. And I'd go back out Sunday night and get back and manage the indoor pool. I just knew... And in the meantime, in the summer of, well, in the spring of 1973, in about March, I'd been reading in the Bible and I kept seeing, be baptized in water, be baptized in water. I just knew that I needed to be baptized in water. And as I have in this, on this program, I have been talking to this audience about eventually I'm going to begin to teach on these nine gifts of the Holy Spirit because these are important for the Christian to have these knowledge and understanding of these gifts. Well, I'm giving you an example on how the anointing moves you. These gifts of the Holy Spirit, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, the gift of prophecy, the gift of faith, the gift of healings, the working of miracles, the discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. In my testimony, I'm giving you little insights into these gifts. By faith, I knew to go a direction. By faith. A gift of faith. And I just, the gift of knowledge. I just knew to go a direction by faith. This is your experience. It's important. So then I knew that I had to be baptized in water. 
I tried on three occasions in Longmont and in North Denver to be baptized at some of the Pentecostal churches. I had a good friend that I graduated with. Her name was Delane Tumino. Delane, uh, her maiden, her uh, unmarried name was Pepler. And uh, she had encouraged me to be baptized. Well, I just never could make that arrangement. And it frustrated me. Every time I would, something would happen, one night on a Wednesday I was going to be baptized, something happened. Then about a week later, something happened a second time. Then I was going to go to Denver, and I didn't have a vehicle. Well, then eventually, Delane was driving a friend to the bus to the train station in Golden, Colorado, and I went with the two girls, and Delane had her children, and she'd received a letter from a friend of mine who was in Berkeley, California, at a little assembly there, and he said he'd written, written her a letter and said, Hey, I have a friend, Rick Rodriguez. Have you seen him lately? I've been praying for him. Well, when I read that letter, she allowed me to read it, and the words jumped out. And I asked her, I said, Would it be crazy for me to hitchhike to California to be baptized? And she said, No, because that's the only way I could get there is to hitchhike. So I, I went, packed my bags, and I was ready to head out. This is on a Thursday. And I realized, oh, wait a minute. I can't head out because I have a meeting on Friday morning with the manager of the pool, Reggie Bat, because we're getting ready to start the new pool season. And we have a me uh, employee meeting on Friday, Friday morning. So I thought, well, so I took my bag backpack and I put it on the bed and I went. I forget what I did. Next morning, for some reason, the meeting was at 10 o'clock, and I had been in Greeley, and I couldn't get back in time, and I came in at about 10.30. They were just wrapping up the meeting with all the new lifeguards, with the existing guards that had been guarding the previous year, and with the new, uh, just all the personnel. There was about 30, 30 young kids. Well, when I came in, I apologized. I said, Reg, I'm sorry. I apologize. I tried to get here. He said, that's no problem. No problem. He said, I'm just kind of wrapping up. Just have a seat. I'll talk to you when we're finished. So he went ahead, finished a discussion with these young guards. And uh, then when he was finished, he pulled me to the side. And he says, Rick, he said, listen. He said, I, I've just discussed with these young people that I am planning to move to Phoenix, I'm going to start a photography company, and uh, my wife and I have planned to move to Phoenix, and I decided that you, I want you to replace me. And I thought, what? And I, I mean, I, it just hit me, and I said, well, Reg, I said, I don't know anything about managing I mean, I can manage the pool on Sunday, but I mean, I don't know anything about running this operation with these kids and employees and all that. He says, no, don't worry about it. He said, I've got it covered. I said, well, what about this other gentleman that's been planning to take your position for I don't know how many years? He goes, well, he, his wife doesn't want him being around all these young girls that are half naked. And I thought, well, never thought of it that way. So he's out. I said, well, what about the other guy? He said, well, this guy, his uh, 
very wealthy, and his dad basically said, do you want to run the farm or do you want to make a minimum wage working for the city of Longmont? Well, that took care of that. So Reg said, You're, I've chosen you. I've talked to the city of Longmont. They've agreed. You're going to replace me. You're going to run the whole operation. I said, Reg, I don't know anything about, I don't know anything about this. He said, don't worry, Rick. He said, I'm not leaving right away. He said, but don't plan on doing anything for the next 90 days because you're going to be here every day. I'm going to teach you everything. You don't have to worry. I don't know how to hire. I don't, I mean, schedule, you name it. But he just told me, don't worry about it. We're going to go to the break here in just a second. And then when we get back, I'll continue with the story. So I want you to hang on. This is, this is my testimony about the leading of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit, as He leads you, He trains you with all these nine gifts that he made, He's made available to His children. We'll be back in a few minutes. Rick Rodriguez. Hey all, I'm Lee Turner Jr. of Tango Firearms Training, inviting you to join me on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock for my show, Don't Be a Victim, right here on KHNC 1360, The Roar of the Rockies. Hey man, pass the battle over and take a couple of hits off the My Kind CBD. Get your CBD by going to 1360KHNC.com and click on the shopping button, man. Silly Jamaican, there's no THC in this product. It's certified THC-free. Just go to the website, 1360KHNC.com, click the shop. Do you ever wake up and feel like there should be someone to run your errands? We want to get things done, but just don't have enough time. Many of us hire concierge services like dog walkers or food and grocery delivery. Why should your insurance needs be any different? At Badger Insurance Advisors, we act as your concierge for all things insurance, pairing quotes and prices, and recommending the best insurance for your needs. Call or text us today at 303-359-1799 or check us out at badgerinsuranceadvisors.com. It is not because men have made laws that life, liberty, and property exist. On the contrary, it is because life, liberty, and property existed beforehand that men made laws in the first place. What then is law? It is the collective organization of the individual right to lawful defense and punishing injustice. Frederick Bastiat, The Law. Hi, this is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in Northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, and our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. 
And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont. Or visit warriorsrevolution.com. That's warriorsrevolution.com. Be careful when you're dealing with a conspiracy theorist. You may end up with a whole lot more truth than you're used to handling. This has been a public service announcement from KHNC. Oh, a happy day. Oh, a happy day. Oh, a happy day. When Jesus Okay, I had intended to name this program God and His Sovereignty and His Eternal Plan. Because God is sovereign. He does have an eternal plan. We are part of that plan. We're instrumental in that plan. God has chosen to use mankind to carry out and fulfill His plan, especially in the time that we live. We're at the end of the world. The Jesus Movement children... Uh, are the Jesus movement in America is more significant than the world could ever imagine. Like I had read the scripture out of Proverbs 25, 2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. God will hide matters. It's to his glory. He hides things until the proper time, the appropriate time. Then, He'll reveal it. But how does he reveal it? But it's the honor of kings to search out a matter. We are God's kings to be. We're in training. But we are to search out these concealed matters. God desires it. He's excited about it. The baby boom generation. 16 years where God works with the baby boom generation people in the United States of America, which affect the whole world, to teach them the anointing, to teach them the unction. And that is what God is still doing. Going back to my testimony. So Reg, Reggie Bat, he tells me, in this Friday morning meeting that he has decided that he wants, he would like for me to replace him when he leaves. I don't know anything about management, hiring. I don't know a thing. Really, I don't know how to clean the filters on the in the system, the pool a filtering system. He said, don't worry. You're going to have people that will take care of that. You don't have to worry about a thing. And he says, Rick, this is going to be an opportunity that is going to help you it will help you in your future. He said, this is going to basically take you wherever you want to go. If you decide to go into, to be educated, the city will pay for your education. You're set for life. Well, I, I, my head, I was swimming. My, I couldn't think. I'm thinking, but, but, and he said, the other 
people that I considered, they cannot do it, and you're the only one that I know of that I would want to take replace me, which was a great honor for me. He says, now, you've got one week. This is the Memorial Weekend. It's Friday. School is out next week. In one week, the pool opens. After that, you won't get another day off until you're till the season's over. So if you're going to take a vacation, you better take it now. And I thought, well, okay. And I thought, wow, I've got time to get my backpack, hitchhike to California, be baptized in water, turn around and get back by next Thursday, and I will be the new pool manager in training. So I went. Didn't say bye to my cousin. I didn't say bye to, well, I think I went to see my mother. And she said, honey, you need to talk to your dad. I said, well, okay. So I found my dad. I found the job site. He was a carpenter. She was just in distress. So I went and talked to dad. I said, dad, I'm going to go to California. He goes, oh, my gosh. He said, well, you better talk to your mother. I said, well, I talked to mom, and she told me to talk to you. And he says, well, okay. He knew that uh, I'd done this before. Earlier, I'd hitchhiked up. I hitchhiked up to Alaska, and then drove up to Alaska and hitchhiked down. And so he knew if I was going to hitchhike to California, no problem. Put my backpack on. That evening, I got up. To, I was up in Laramie, Wyoming, that late that afternoon by about four o'clock, and I'm draw. I'm walking I-80 and and uh, west of Laramie. And a state patrolman pulled me over and told me, he says, I catch you sticking your thumb out, I'm going to arrest you and throw you in jail. I said, all right. I just head, there I'm walking out, five miles out, and I'm going to walk all the way to California because I knew God's will. When you know God's will, nothing is going to stop you. I know you understand this. When you know the will of God, then you begin to exercise your faith. The gift of faith kicks in. You know something. The gift of knowledge is kicked in. You know God's will. You know his plan. You know what he wants. So I just started walking. I said, Lord Jesus, I'm going to walk all the way to California. I'm just going to keep walking. Well, right at about dusk, this guy drives by. Back then, this is in 1974, not a whole lot of traffic on I-80 going west out of Laramie. But I see this cop up ahead just sitting on the side of the road. He's up about a quarter of a mile just watching me. I think he's got binoculars. Then he comes driving by real slow looking at me, and I just kept walking. And I know he stopped and flipped around, and he's just watching. Well, uh, this car passes, and he's probably going 40 miles an hour and he drives up about another block or two and then he pulls over and I didn't I walked up and the guy got out and was standing at the back of his car he said where are you headed and I said California he said you're going to walk all the way there aren't you and I said yes I am I said I've got to go out there to be baptized I'm a Christian I need to be baptized in water he said, well, I, I just know that when I went by, I realized this guy is just going to keep walking until he gets to wherever he's going. Hop in. He got me to Salt Lake City that night. That's Friday night. I spent the night in Salt Lake. Next morning, 
I got a few rides out into the desert, past the Salt Lake, into Nevada, and I'm running behind schedule. For some reason, I know that I've got to be in Berkeley in the morning at a church service in, on Telegraph Avenue in Berkeley, California. I just know that. But I have no control over the people that I'm going to get a ride with. But I'm just, I'm, a guy picks me up, he drops me off in the middle of nowhere at a little kind of a uh, stop where just a, a topless joint and uh, they sell beer and stuff like that. And I'm just standing outside and some guy in a 240Z, brand new, Datsun 240Z, he starts to slow down. I can hear this car slowing down and eventually he slows down and he stops right behind me. I turn around and look. It's just a young guy about my age. He says, hey, where are you headed? And I said, I'm going to Berkeley. He says, well, I'll get you to Reno. I said, sure, you bet. I threw my backpack in his back seat, which barely got in. I barely had enough room for that. And here we go. And I mean, I'm behind schedule, way behind schedule. We're zooming through across Nevada. And he says, how fast do you think we're going? I said, I don't know. He said, look at the speedometer. 140 miles an hour. And it was quiet like you couldn't believe. And just moving. Well, God knew I had to be there on time, so he made sure in his sovereignty that this young kid with the brand new Datsun wanted to get out on the road and put that gas down to the floor. He gets me to Reno that night at about uh, 9 o'clock, and I sleep under a bridge. Next morning, I get up. I get these rides, perfect timing all the way down through over Truckee, down to Sacramento, into Berkeley, and I get to the place where this church building is, or which I thought was going to be a church building, but it was an old uh, garage where they used to rebuild motors and work on cars. I get in there at about, oh, 12.30, and the friend, they're just finishing up the service. I meet the friend. We go to an afternoon wedding. That night, I... I'm in this CJ's garage is the name of it, and they're having a baptism. And there's about 12, 12 people that are going to get baptized, and I'm one of them. I eventually am the last one. And I know that everybody was giving a little testimony before they got baptized. Well, I was the final person to go into that. On the Berkeley UC, on the UC Berkeley campus, they have a fountain on the west end of the campus at the corner, south west corner. And it's about three foot deep. And that's where we were, they were baptizing these people. And I just said, well, I said, I, the Lord has given me the first 25 years of my life. And I give the rest of my life to the Lord. And they baptized me. And... It was just, I knew something was different. Then, that's a Sunday night. Monday morning, it's because it's the Memorial Weekend. I uh, figured, well, I could stay an extra day to visit with my buddy. Well, he had to work, and he asked me if I would come in to work with him, and I said, sure. So we went in, and he said, I'll give you a little money to get you back to Colorado. 
So on Monday, we went in. It was a place called Kwong Hop. <clears throat> Kwong Hop, they made tofu, a lot of hippies and Chinese. They took tofu. They took the soybean, made tofu out of it, and put it in with all the dishes. And I worked for that day. Then on Tuesday, you had to go to work, and I'm still there. I'm staying in a, a home on the, where they have the, on the campus, they have these fraternities and sororities. It's fraternity and sorority way. The, the home is called, it's on Waring Street, W-A-R-R-I-N-G, Waring Street. And the second house from the corner to the no, going north on the west side. And there's this home with about 25 hippie, young hippie Christians, about I think 26, 27 was the oldest. I'm just, I just turned 25, down to about 19, 18, 20, 19 years old, 19, 20 and up. And this just packed with all these young hippie kids that had just met the Lord. And it was really fantastic. It was just exciting for me. Here I'd just been baptized, and I'm meet, meeting all these young Christian men and in a Christian little community just boys, no, no women. And I'm thinking, what in the world? This is crazy. The next day, Dwayne, the friend, goes to work. I'm still there waiting till he gets home that night to say bye to him. But I just have this sense that I might not be leaving. And so I began to just pray. And... I'm praying, I'm saying, Lord Jesus, what are you saying to me? What Are you saying that I'm going to have to stay here? And I didn't have a feeling that I was going to leave. So I began to pray. And I began to get my New Testament out and read. And there was a verse in Luke where the Lord said, No man will leave father, mother, sister, brother, wife, and children to follow me. Well, I read that, it's something to that effect, and I started laughing. Well, man, I wasn't so in love with the Lord that that was not going to be a problem. And I read it again, and it jumped out of the Scripture. No man will leave father, mother, wife, children, family to follow me. And I was laughing. And the words jumped out. Then I read it again. No man. And I stuck right there. No man will leave father, mother, brother, sisters, wife, children to follow me. And I got my answer. The word of knowledge. I needed a word from the Lord. I needed to know the direction. I had a word to go be baptized. I was baptized. Now I needed a word. Do I go back to Colorado? Or do I stay? The Lord said, you stay. I had to call Reggie Bat. I called him and I said, Reg, I said, I'm not coming back out. What? I said, Reg, I, I have to stay in Berkeley. I, I am a Christian. I just got baptized. I was praying this morning. The Lord told me, well, Reg, he's not a believer. He says, Rick, Rick, you, you, are you, you need to think about this because you're being given the opportunity of a lifetime. I said, Reg, I, I apologize. I said, but I can't leave. I have to stay here. And I couldn't tell Reg that the Holy Spirit told me, you're going to stay. 
And if you leave, you're going to be in trouble. He wouldn't understand that. He said, Rick, you got to think about this. This is an opportunity of your lifetime. This is not going to only help you. It's going to help your family, your brothers and sisters. You're going to be able to help a lot of people. I said, Reg, I know. I said, but Reg, I have to just tell you, I had to call to tell you that I'm not coming back out. I'm staying here in California. Well, I don't know what that did, but eventually I did see him years later, and uh, we did get to visit. But, again, the anointing, the wind blows where it pleases, and you hear it. You hear it sound. But you don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it's going. So is everyone born of the Spirit. This is a time in the world right now when all of God's children need to, above all things, tune in and begin to know the will, the mind of Christ for your lives, for your present, for your future. Of all times, this is the most critical time because of what's going on in the world today. This experience that these Jesus people had during those 16 years is the most valuable time. I didn't have the scripture. I really didn't know the scripture. But during that time, those two and a half years until I went to Berkeley, California, I knew when I was driving a grain truck, I just knew certain things about certain things. Just I don't know how I knew them. It's the word of knowledge. <coughs> Excuse me. This is what is vital to the Christian life. Then, then what you do when you add the Scripture to it, to the sensitivity you have in the Holy Spirit, in your spirit, when you add the Scripture to it, then it goes to a whole new experience, much more powerful experience, You have, you have to have both. You have to, there are many people that know the Scripture, but they don't have the anointing. There are those that have the anointing, but they don't have the Scripture. But when you combine the Scripture, the Holy Word of God, with the Holy Spirit within you, and the anointing, and the unction that you have, then what happens in your life becomes something unimaginable. Your life changes. You know you have direction. You have focus. You know what God will allow, what God will not allow. It's very vital, especially now in our world today. It is extremely important that God's children begin to know the moving of the Holy Spirit and have the true understanding of Scripture. We'll be right back. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and I would like to encourage everyone to make sure they are prepared financially as the Federal Reserve continues to destroy the value of the dollar. Since the closing of the gold window in 1971, the Federal Reserve has led the way in the explosion of debt and the devaluing of your money. They openly say that they need 2% inflation which simply means they hope to devalue your money and they want to do this every single year 
year after year. I know it's hard to understand, but the Federal Reserve believes in prosperity through debt and growth via the devaluation of your future. To learn more about how to protect yourself, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800-951-0592 and protect yourself against the devaluing of your money. Hi, Brian Kilmeade here. Thanks so much for listening to me every weekday from 7 a.m. till 10 a.m. right here on KHNC, the roar of the Rockies. Hey, do you own a business in northern Colorado or surrounding areas? Are you looking to reach a conservative, loyal audience which could grow your business? Well, take my advice and contact my friends at KHNC. KHNC has a rapidly growing, conservative, family-based audience, and you can speak directly to them. Now, if you're looking for the type of customers or clients that believe in the principles that that our great country was founded upon, just contact my friends at KHNC, the Roar of the Rockies, and learn how you can be heard right on the air. Just call 970-587-5003 or email on the air at 1360khnc.com. That's 970-587-5003 or email on the air at 1360khnc.com. Take it from me, Brian Kilmeade. You can showcase your business to the folks that are helping to take our country back. Kids, when making those cool motorcycle sounds when riding your bikes, don't use your baseball or even your Pokemon cards because they may be worth money someday. Instead, use that embarrassing baby picture that your mom took of you in that ridiculous outfit. But when she finds out, you didn't hear that from us. Another friendly reminder from 1360 KHNC, the roar of the Rockies. Always wear your helmet. This is Sam Shook, Navy Vet and Medicare Specialist. I just want to thank the KHNC listeners for their support and trust in me as their Medicare Specialist. If you are currently on Plan F, we are in a window of opportunity that can save you a lot of money towards your monthly premium. Please contact me at 970-413-4939. If you are getting into Medicare soon or are already enrolled and have questions, please call me at 970-413-4939. Again, Thanks, KHNC listeners. talking about God, His sovereignty, and His eternal plan. This is my testimony, but you also have a testimony you need to reconsider, go back, and think about what it was, what God was doing in those years to teach you the anointing. So, I'm in Berkeley, California, staying in this, we call it a brother's house, but just young men about 26 people. It's a fraternity house on Fraternity Row with the sororities, the fraternities on Waring House on the Berkeley campus. And here is where God decided to place me to begin to church me. 
I've been two and a half years unchurched, but learning the anointing. But now, in his plan, it was time for me to be churched. And there are many churches I could have gone to, but I never had a sense to go to any of them. But here, on this Tuesday morning, the Lord tells me, you're staying right here in Berkeley, California, with this group of people. This is where you're going to be. And this whole little group of people is about 140 people, 75, 80 of them are hippies in the 20s, mid-20s and, and younger. Half of them are just young hippie people, uh, you know, bell-bottom pants, uh, hippie beads, uh, just hippie clothing. Just hippie kids in Berkeley, California, but in love with God himself and made the decision to serve him. And here I am living with about 26 young men. Well, eventually I end up living in this little home for about a month. Then what happens is there are two brothers that are basically overseeing the people in this home. This is important. There was a brother by the name of Doug Shear, who had a twin brother, Steve Shear. But Doug and another brother by the name of Doug Krieger are the two brothers that are kind of overseeing this group of young people. They're married, they're both married, but they have rented this facility and they are paying for it. And this is where all these kids are coming off the street, getting saved and giving their lives to the Lord. So there's Doug Shear and Doug Krieger. Some in this audience may know uh, Doug Krieger. Many, uh, some may know Doug Shear. But at the after we get back, I'm going to continue with this story because it plays into our future today. So podcasts are 1360khnc.com to the podcast section for the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program for today. Hey man, pass the battle over and take a couple of hits off the My Kind CBD. Get your CBD by going to 1360khnc.com and click on the shopping button, man. Silly Jamaican, there's no THC in this product. It's certified THC-free. Just go to the website, 1360khnc.com, click the shop. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. Rocky Mountain News Network, I'm Ted Werbin. So far in this new wave of COVID, there are 404 people hospitalized across the state. That number has risen steadily in the past week from a low of about 321. The positivity rate on tests also rising, now back up to about 5.3%, where public health experts would prefer it stay under 5. It had been about 3.3% a month ago. 
but some positives are being seen. The new wave doesn't seem to be as severe as before. Most of Colorado's older and most vulnerable populations have gotten inoculated, and those going into the hospitals now seem to be younger than 50. State epidemiologist Dr. Rachel Hurley, he says more than half the current cases have been caused by the new strains. If you develop COVID now, chances are that you're actually going to be infected with a variant that is probably more easily spread and could potentially cause more severe illness. Colorado has almost 1,500 cases of the UK variant, nearly 500 of the California variant, version 24, the South African variant, and a dozen cases of the variant from Brazil. But that's the one health experts are most worried about because they don't know much about it. I'm Jim Williams. Governor Polis says he'll still be handing over the reins on COVID to the counties on the 19th, so the state won't be imposing orders based on the state's dial of severity. The governor says the framework will still be out there, but counties will have more freedom to customize it. Some are already looking at doing that. Summit County, which has seen some of the state's biggest outbreaks, plans to create its own dial to respond to local issues. Recent heavy snows are said to have made a slight dent in Colorado's drought conditions. Not much more than that, though. The state's still preparing for what could be another difficult wildfire season this summer. While not all wildfires are caused by humans, the majority of wildfires are caused by humans. Governor Polis says after meeting with statewide fire officials that we could have a big fire problem in a couple of months. Infrared sensors expected to help locate some fires before they spread. I'm Ted Werbin. Battery power made by steel. From trimmers and mowers to chainsaws and blowers, steel battery tools are exactly what you need to tackle your to-do list. Whether you need to maintain your yard or completely transform your landscape. Shop online for the Steel AK Homeowner Series starting at just $199.99. Pick up at over 10,000 local steel dealers. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. Room to breathe, new mountains to explore, tucked away hot springs to discover is all waiting for you in Carbon County, Wyoming. Embark on a new Rocky Mountain adventure in the Old West. With recreation, relaxation, and room to roam, Carbon County, Wyoming offers a respite from routine as well as a reinvigoration of the spirit. Find all the ways to get your West on at wyomingcarboncounty.com plus lodging, events, and safe travel tips. Carbon County, Wyoming. Get your West on. Hi folks, I'm James Morgan, a realtor with Grisham & Associates, LLC. I know it must seem like there's a million realtors out there making all kinds of promises. Want to hear my big marketing promise? I promise honest and fair dealings with all those I do business with. That may sound old-fashioned, and it is not very catchy, but it is true. I am your Colorado real estate specialist. Farmland, mountain cabins, or urban dwellings. When you work with my team, we'll get the right property for you and be upfront and honest with you every step of the way. Over the years, my clients have told me just that fact alone separates us from others in the industry. If you are considering buying or selling real estate, call me, James Morgan, at 720-203-0731 or visit my website at coloradoproperties.online. No catchy slogan, just a client-first, honest real estate experience. Hit it, girls. Keep listening to the American Freedom Network. Most people think they can't afford to invest in gold and silver. But at the Patriot Trading Group, we believe that everyone should have the opportunity to own hard assets. That's why we created our Preferred Metals program. You can get started for as little as $100 a month. Go to allamericangold.com and click on our Preferred Metals icon to learn how you can get started today. 
or call us at 800-951-0592, the Patriot Trading Group, allamericangold.com. Did the fire marshal take one look down your driveway and say, uh, my guys aren't going down there? Or are there parts of it that just need a little more sun? Then call Affordable Tree at 970-568-6898. We can climb, cut, or trim your problems away. Specializing in defensive space, upper and lower fire mitigation, forest health, plus we can save freshly hit beetle trees. So call us at 568-6898. Good afternoon. Welcome to the second hour of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry radio program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez, the founder of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry. The first hour, I've been giving a testimony of my first two and a half years, roughly, of after my being born again, after my conversion to Christ. And during that two and a half years, I spent that time, the Lord used that time to teach me the anointing and the unction of the Holy Spirit, His moving. The verse I gave in the first hour, two verses, the first one, John 3, 8, the wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit, capital S, meaning the Holy Spirit. And the second verse, Proverbs 25, 2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of kings to search out a matter. As kings, we are to search out God's plan for our lives and God's plan for our time. I say, we are at the end of the world. I say within a decade, we will be in eternity. For those who are born again, we will be in the millennial kingdom. The nations of the world right now are all preparing for the final wars that will take place in the last decade before Christ's return. China right now is preparing for her move to come to Armageddon. Russia is being pressed by the this nation by circumstances forcing her to make decisions as to which direction she's going to go. Her direction will eventually be to go into the Middle East, into Israel with Iran, with Turkey, with Germany, with Ethiopia, Libya. These nations are going to come and attack Israel just before the last seven-year period begins, the seven-year tribulation period. But right now, presently, the Islamic forces, the 
Hamas, Hezbollah, ISIS. There are different names of these groups. They are provoking Israel. They are pushing Israel. They are trying to intimidate Israel. Israel is going to respond in an early group, uh, an early war. She'll have two, two wars, an early and a, a following war just before the tribulation. She's getting ready for the early war in which the main, the main uh, two, two or three things. Number one, Damascus is going to be destroyed. The nation of Jordan is going to become Israel's property. Israel has to fight this coming war to expand her boundaries from present-day Israel to present-day Israel with the area of present-day Jordan. Israel is going to have to expand in the southwest to take over the Gaza Strip and to take care of the the uh, enemies that are provoking her to the north in Lebanon and in Syria. It's a glory of God to conceal a matter, but the honor of kings to search out a matter. We have to search out what is God saying in our time. Going on with the testimony now, the podcasts again are on 1360khnc.com to the podcast section, then down to the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry spot. Open that up. You can listen to today's program, Hour 1 and Hour 2. On Thursday from 11 to 1, I host the Open Forum. And on Saturday now, from 12.30 to 1 o'clock, here on 1360 KHNC, I do have a little spot there also. The matter of the anointing is very important. The knowledge of what God did during the Jesus movement period in the 60s and early 70s is, is vital for our time today. Because what happened then was imprinted in the thinking of many, many Christians, in experience and in the thinking. Also, the Jesus movement was basically the young people, the hippie people of this country. You have the other denominations. You have the Catholics, the Lutherans. You have the all the other denominations apart from evangelical Christianity. Within evangelical Christianity, you have the Baptists, you have the Nazarenes, you have all these other churches. Well, they've been long-time assemblies, and you had the Pentecostal movements. But when the Jesus movement, when this Jesus movement uh, children, when they began to get saved, they affected the Lutheran Church, the Catholic Church, Episcopalian, the Presbyterians, the, the Baptist churches, the all of them, they were all affected because this was a move that was directed by the Holy Spirit on youth, not on the elderly so much. It was focused on young people, probably 15, 16, up to 25. It was sp- targeted 
at the baby boom generation from 47 to about 63. God had a plan with it. It was a move of the Holy Spirit that God intended to use to affect the Jewish people, the young Jewish people in America. The young Jewish people needed to meet their Messiah. They weren't going to meet him in Israel. They had to meet him here in America, in the evangelical churches. Many, many Jewish, young Jewish men and women became believers. When I was in Berkeley, there were many, there were Jewish people in that little assembly of about 140 people. At the same time, Gentile, non-Jewish people, but targeted at young people. And we affected, this movement affected the whole world. It affected music, education, it affected the society. These people were, were unharnessed. They weren't being controlled. You can't control the Holy Spirit the minute you begin to control the Holy Spirit, you kill his objectives. You kill his plan, which would happen starting in about 1976. The main churches decided, you know, these young people, they need to be churched. They need to be put into a system where they can be regulated. No, God never does that. God lets them go free because when they're free, they can accomplish much more than when they're being regulated. Now, I focus on the Jesus movement people to tell you this. One last time, and we are now in that time, there will be this final move of the Holy Spirit upon the people of the world. There will be at the end of the church age, at the end of what many Christians understand as this dispensation, at the end of the world, before Satan loses his complete control of his systems, Christ is going to take over these systems that Satan presently controls. Christ is going to go into these systems and round up all these criminals in all these corporations and all these governments of the world that have been destroying the world and killing their fellow man. There will be a final time when God, just like with the Jesus movement people, a final time when God is going to pour his spirit out upon the world. And he's going to pour his spirit upon all of the overcomers in the seven churches, his seven churches, his seven lampstands. That is where he's going to pour his spirit out. And they're going to be free. The denominations, as we understand denominations now, are going to end. Catholicism will end. Lutheranism will end. Presbyterian will end. The Greek Orthodox churches, in, as they are right now in their practice, as denominations what they are, they're going to end. 
They're going to come to an end, all of them. Evangelical Christianity, as you understand it, is going to come to an end. There will just be a group of believers internationally. You may retain, like a, a Catholics, you may retain your, your uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Practice. But you will not be loyal to the Catholic Church. You'll be loyal to the Holy Spirit. As Lutherans, your assembly, the way that you were trained, well, that's going to be your background, but I promise you, that assembly, that way of thinking, the Lutheran way, is not going to be effective. The Catholic way, the Greek way, the evangelical way is not going to be effective. Everything is going to be moved from the order of these structural, structure of these assemblies away from that to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Moving them out of that into the reality of who Christ is and the reality that the hardships are going to affect every one of these members of these assemblies. But in these assemblies, in these lampstands, there are overcomers. The overcomers are going to be the ones who will be initially setting the tone and the example and the pace for what it really means to serve God in a real, genuine way, in a powerful way. In America, we have, and you hear this all the time, but you don't know the real truth and the meaning behind it. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. In many of these churches, you have a form. Go to church, be kind, but you have no power because the believers are still caught in their addictions. They're still living in the flesh. They're denying the power of the Holy Spirit. They live in the flesh. They still are full of themselves, full of pride and arrogance. Many, many, many people, men and women, have a spirit of Jezebel, a Jezebel spirit operating in the American churches like you can't imagine. And the ones who have the spirit are the ones who deny it more than anybody else. A Jezebel spirit will never accept the thought that they have a Jezebel spirit. You can tell a Jezebel spirit by people who want to control. We want to help and direct and give advice, but we can't control. We have no right to control. We have no right. Our children, we have a, we have a, a, a duty to raise our children, to give them a direction, to keep them on course. But there comes a point where we let them go. And after that, we can, you know, we can make recommendations, but many mothers cannot let their children go. I have to say this about women, but I know many, many women in this, in this country, not even Christian women especially, that cannot let their children go. Women have to, at some point, break that 
desire to nurture their children, they've got to let that go. They've got to let the children go into the world to function. And the men, that are successful because they're successful they expect everybody else to be successful just like them they want their children to be successful just like them it's a bad in this country a competitive spirit we're competitive we want to achieve overachieve keep achieving be the top I promise you that when you begin to follow the Holy Spirit, what you think is the top is going to be much different than what God thinks is the top. God has an eternal plan. And His people that follow Him, He wants to direct them in that plan where they're to fit, where they are to be, where they're going to be the most useful for the kingdom of heaven. We have a tendency where we want to make the most money. We want to have a top position. We want to have the best. You know, we want to we want to have a pride. Full of pride. God, one thing that God will do for those that want to serve him is he'll he'll work with that pride in a person's life to temper it. He doesn't break the will but he, he tempers it so that the will can be used for his purposes. Like the Apostle Paul, one of the most strong-willed people you could ever meet. And what did the Lord do? Had to visit him in a very profound way and blind him. And then Paul realized in his natural strength, it's just not good enough with God. Our natural strength is not going to cut it. We're going to get tired, we're going to wear out, and it's going to be too much for us. We're not going to carry the load. But when your natural strength is gone and you begin to trust in the strength of the Holy Spirit, then you are strong. Now, I've been given my testimony, and I feel to continue this way. So now I'm in Berkeley, California, in this home with about 26, 27 young people. And the Lord tells me, this is where you're going to be located. This is where you're going to stay. Now, I need to give you a little background. The two brothers that are overseeing all these young people, Doug Shear and Doug Krieger. Doug Shear has a brother, Steve. And Steve is no longer part of the group that Doug is a part of presently and Doug and Doug, Doug Shear. Now, there was a, everybody knows and heard, you've heard of, of Watchman Nee. Watchman Nee was the apostle of the churches in China and the churches, his churches were given the name Little Flock. They were, he wasn't so much into the numbers as he was into the quality of the walk of the believers in his assemblies. He did oversee thousands, tens of thousands and thousands of, of Christian, of Chinese Christian believers. 
But his focus was on maturity. His focus was that they would not stay immature, that they would grow in Christ, that they would mature. And that was his focus. He had a, uh, eventually he would meet a young man by the name of oh, Witness Lee. He named him Witness Lee. Watchman Nee gave Witness Lee a name. I forget, I think Witness Lee's name was Gregory, I, I don't remember. But he went by the name of Witness Lee. Well, eventually Witness Lee and Brother Watchman Nee would work together. And in 1952, Watchman Nee would be put in prison by the Chinese, Mao. And Witness Lee was in China, was in Taiwan. Taiwan had split from China. In about, and I think Witness Lee, he was Baptist in his upbringing. Eventually, he would uh, have about 50,000 believers overseeing about 50,000 in Taiwan. About 1962, he makes a decision to come to the United States of America. My question was, did he understand what this Jesus movement was? Did he know about it? I don't think so. I think it was just one of those things where God has to be sovereign. But he felt to come to the United States, to Los Angeles, he eventually would end up in Anaheim, and he would start a group of churches called local churches. And uh, there are many people that have a lot to say about the local churches, a good and bad. He begins these churches, and mainly the focus is young people. This is at the very beginning of the Jesus movement. The Jesus movement, in my knowledge, in my study, began in Hollywood. This is where the, the center of the occult, the center of decadence, but this is where the Holy Spirit went. Well, is that biblical? Well, when Christ began his ministry, where did he go initially? He went to see into the land of the, I think it was the Gadarenes, to Legion. And what did he do there? The hard place to cast demons out. Well, this is where I believe the Jesus movement really began in the 1960 in Hollywood. And I think that God in sovereign, sovereignly moved Witness Lee to America to begin to teach the young American Christians that would eventually end up in his ministries the fundamental teachings of the Scripture. This is where Witness Lee was very uh, successful. He was very... This was his strength, teaching the young believers the fundamentals of the Christian walk. Redemption, sanctification, these type of things. Justification, glorification eventually, being born again, the power of baptism. Witness Lee was not very high on the gifts of the Spirit. He was on, on a more and the virtues of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, inner life. Inner life. Watchman Nee, uh, M.E. Barber, 
trained him as a Baptist out of England doing missionary work in China. She's the one that trained Watchman Nee. Watchman Nee was very sound in the knowledge of the Christian walk, how to deal with sin, how to deal with the flesh, how to deal with self, very inner life, extremely inner life, witness lead the same. So the foundational principles of the Christian walk in experience, not in doctrine, in experience. Then on top of that, Bible study. The going through the scripture, the importance of the scripture, and the importance of touching the Holy Spirit. Not just knowing about the Holy Spirit, but actually having the Holy Spirit available to you daily for your own personal enjoyment, for your walk, for the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit that you would need, and to keep you walking on a path that is straight through a narrow gate. This is what you would term the inner life movement. He wasn't too, he wasn't too uh, excited about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Pentecostal way. Watchman Nee was a little bit different. Watchman Nee understood the giftings of the Holy Spirit and the importance of them, whereas Witness Lee did not. We're going to get back to that. Now remember, the podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the podcast section for today's program and all of the Lampstand programs in the past. We'll be right back. Rick Rodriguez. My name is Dwayne Brothwell. Listen to my show, Mystery Babylon, every Sunday, 11 a.m. I will show you how the birth certificate image of the beast binds you to Babylon the bank for the debt money we use to buy and sell with. That's every Sunday, 11 a.m. Do you ever wake up and feel like there should be someone to run your errands? We want to get things done, but just don't have enough time. Many of us hire concierge services like dog walkers or food and grocery delivery. Why should your insurance needs be any different? At Badger Insurance Advisors, we act as your concierge for all things insurance, pairing quotes and prices, and recommending the best insurance for your needs. Call or text us today at 303-359-1799 or check us out at badgerinsuranceadvisors.com. Hi, this is Bob Enyart with Colorado Rights Life. Please work to abolish abortion, but reject all so-called pro-life efforts to regulate child killing. Even on the surface, regulations undermine the very concept of the right to life, and they convince even our own judges, tragically, that the fetus they consent to killing must not be a real child. See AmericanRTL.org slash regulations for more. By now, you know how good CBD can be for you. But here's some things CBD can't help you with. Those annoying calls about your car's warranty expiring. Gay frogs. Or racist cows. Climate coaches. Or that undying devotion to Alex Jones. This has been a friendly reminder from your friends at 1360 KHNC, the roar of the Rockies.
Why does it seem America is slowly sinking? Whose fault is it? It's not the Obamas or the Clintons. It's not Republicans or Democrats. It's not corporations, the military, or foreign countries. It's the Federal Reserve, a central banking system made up of private bankers that corrupt and control virtually all aspects of the world's money supply and the economy. All of the major problems of the world can be traced to the Federal Reserve and central banks of other countries. Hi, I'm Jason with the Colorado Front Range News Hour. Catch my show with co-host Brian here on KHNC 3 to 4, Monday through Friday. We sell gold and silver, the best way to protect your hard-earned money. Call 800-951-0592 and keep those blood-sucking bankers out of your wallet. Hi, folks. This is Terry V. Tune in every Saturday at 2 p.m. to my new show, Terry's Views of the News. The show is about current politics. It's a hard-hitting, truth-seeking, conservative view show. So tune in on Saturday at 2 p.m. You'll be glad you did. Oh, a happy day. Oh, a happy day. Oh, a happy day. When Jesus walked. Oh, All right. So anyhow, the strength of the of the living stream or the local church ministry was in the fundamentals fundamental principles of the Christian life. The objective of the Christian life is not just to be born again, but it is to begin your walk with the Lord, which means a lifetime of learning lessons, of growing, of Bible study, and also of knowing the eternal purpose of God for your life and the overall plan of God's eternal purpose. And all of the and the uh, the steps that God would take through time to achieve that eternal purpose. The creation of Adam, Israel being called to Abraham to be a to be a, a peculiar people, the temple being built to make sure that Israel would have the understanding that their God. Uh, their temple is a is the uh, point of reference for their faith for them as a as a people. Then eventually, the birth of Christ, his ministry, his trials, his death, his ascension, his resurrection, his ascension, and then his plan to incarnate, to put himself into humans, that people would be born again, that they would have the human spirit within them. Incarnation into Christ, God into, into Christ, and then Christ as the Holy Spirit into us. And then eventually the birth of mankind to regeneration, then 
the seven churches of God and the plan through the ages with seven churches and the final plan at the end of the world with all of these lampstands. Then the final bringing the nations for judgment to Armageddon and the return of Christ and a millennial kingdom. I can't fit it all into one program. So Witness Lee, he comes and many, many, tens of thousands of young people end up in his assemblies that are young and they're being trained. I don't believe that he understood that uh, what this Jesus movement was going to be. But I do know that God is sovereign. I believe that this was in the plan of God that he would be, he would come to America. At the same time, you would have Chuck Smith, you would have uh, Hal Lindsey come on the scene, David Wilkerson, people like this, that really were instrumental with the Jesus people movement of that time. Now, go, coming back to Berkeley, California. So I'm living in this home, in this house. There's Steve, there's Doug Shear. He has a brother, Steve. Now, Doug and Steve and Doug Krieger, Doug Shear, Steve Shear, Doug Krieger, have all been members of the local churches. I think mid-60s, late-60s, they became members in the with uh, the local church group. And one thing about the local church group, one thing that was pushed above all things is being born again. Being born again and walking the Christian walk. But Steve Shear had left. I don't know when he left, early 70s. And now Doug Shear and Doug Krieger are overseeing this home. I'm there for about 30 days, I think maybe not quite two months. Yeah, it couldn't have been more than a month. And all of a sudden, Doug Shear and Doug Krieger, they decide they move to Sacramento, and many of these young men go with them up to Sacramento. So the youth in that little assembly in Berkeley that meet at the CJ's garage, there are about 70, 75 young people. Probably there's 35 young people left. They wanted me to go, but I knew God's will. The Holy Spirit told me no. And I like these guys. And years later, I would reconnect with them. But the Holy Spirit said no. You are to be here in Berkeley. Again, finding the mind of Christ, finding His will, and being obedient to that will. God had a plan. God had a purpose. I had to be in Berkeley. I couldn't be in Sacramento. I had to stay in Berkeley. The pastor there, his name was Dave Madison. There were four young brothers that worked together. Dave Madison being the oldest, he was probably 50. Then there was a brother by the name of Wiley Estabrook, Bob Huck, and Jim Miller. Jim Miller, just a few years older than myself. But these four, during the two years that I was there, roughly, these four were the group that was really in charge and overseeing 
eventually we went from about, there was about 75, 100 people. Then we went to about 200 people. Then we went to about 300 people. And a very healthy environment, very healthy. We were very dedicated. Uh, it would One thing about the uh, local church assemblies, there was Bible study Friday night, Bible study Sunday morning, Lord's Table Sunday night, young people's meeting Thursday night, prayer meeting Tuesday night. You were always involved. I mean, there was always something going on. You had, you, you were always involved. In the mornings, we'd get up for what they call morning watch to pray in the morning. At, I think it was 6 o'clock. we get up to pray the day in. Then there was fellowship all the time. It was tough. It was my basic training for two years in Berkeley, California. And then on top of that, always in the Scripture, always reading the Scripture. With the meetings, you know, there would be the testimonies of what the Holy Spirit is doing with certain people. And it was uh, very powerful. Well, these brothers, Doug Krieger, Doug Shear, they leave. I stay in Berkeley. For the next two years, I'm basically there. Then about, uh, about a year and a half later, I end up in Southern California at one of the church groups down there in Huntington Beach. And then I moved back to Colorado in 1976 in about late April. And then another two years of advanced training in Denver, in the local churches in Denver. Then about 1979, my wife and I are living in Greeley. We're still meeting with a group there in Greeley. But through hardships, financially, it forced us to move to Wyoming. And that is one of the ways how eventually I would disconnect. We were already disconnecting with the local churches, but we would disconnect from even the group completely in about early 79. In 1976, there was a shift in Denver with the, the men that were kind of in charge of the group in Denver. And because we were kind of, in a sense, Denver was kind of isolated away from the, the churches in California and the East Coast, we uh, kind of had a lot of freedom. And the three brothers who were kind of the three, what you call them, elders or pastors, we just started experimenting with a lot of stuff that was not so much related in a sense to the uh, loyalty to the local churches in a sense. We were, but we weren't. We were more free. Which brings in a person by the name of Max Rappaport. Some, I don't know if any in this audience have ever heard of him. In the main structure and assembly in Anaheim with Witness Lee, one of the young, dynamic men that are in a group of about 10, 12 people is Max Rappaport. He's uh, Jewish. He's vibrant, alive, evangelical, evangelical uh, evangelist. And he just got a dynamic to him, very charismatic. And many throughout all of the 
local church groups throughout the country are very fond of him. And eventually it would be that the talk was that when Witness Lee would step down, this person, Max Rappaport, would take over. Well, Max started coming to Denver in 1976, meeting with the other three brothers that were kind of leading the assembly, and they would start to fellowship things, and we would start to do things like one weekend we went to Sterling on a Saturday, just a bunch of young people that were free, that didn't have wives and children, and we were just basically free to travel, we decided to go, the, the brothers made a decision, those that were leading, made a decision to go to Sterling, Colorado, take flyers, go to every home in the city, give them a flyer. We rented a room at the, universe, or the little college there to just preach the gospel. We weren't trying to get people to leave their assemblies to join the local churches. We just wanted to preach the gospel. That's it. Just pure gospel. Jesus Christ only, not Jesus Christ plus. We go there, hand out all these flyers. A small group of people come. A young brother preaches the gospel. And, I don't know, 10, 12 people, they meet the Lord. It was just fantastic. And we leave. We don't try to recruit them. They come into Christ, they meet the Lord, and I think to some degree we did stay in touch with some of them, but we would do things like that. We would go to the malls at Christmas and just go and talk to people about the Lord, preach the gospel to them, not trying to get anybody to join, but that was kind of the principle with the local churches, is kind of try to get new attendees which was the purpose of all the churches. The only reason I was there is because that's where the Lord told me to be. But I knew in the 70s that I wasn't sure if I could, uh, this was the direction for me for the rest of my life. Well, in the meantime, Max Rappaport and these brothers were just trying new things because the, the what they would call the main direction of these churches was very strict, very disciplined, regulated, and not a whole lot of freedom, which is what we had in Denver, more freedom. And little by little, in 1977, 1978, eventually there was a shift, and the assembly in Denver there was a, you might, you could say it was just a, a, a division. And, you know, for those Christians that you think division is, is the most evil thing, yes, sometimes it is when there are divisions, when there are bitterness between people. But if there's a division where some people feel they need to go one way and others feel they need to go a different way, well, that type of division is actually biblical. You have to eventually continue to grow. And we, a lot of us, we felt, you know, we weren't so much tied into the system like many others still to this day are. But through Max Rappaport, eventually 
there came a separation. Many of the older people that had been in the system there in Denver for a long time, they stayed. Many of the young people, we went on. Myself, I went on because of financial problems. I ended up living in western Wyoming. And it would be in western Wyoming where the Lord would come to me one day and tell me that I was not to join to any assembly ever again. I was to preach the gospel, Jesus Christ only, not Jesus Christ plus. I could work with assemblies, but I could not try to get people into assemblies, into works. I could only do what the Lord would want me to do, and I was not to become a member of these assemblies any longer. But the Lord told me, I'm sending you out into the field. You go out into the field. You go to where I tell you to go. You do what I tell you to do. And that's what I have done to this very day. Yes, I have worked with the vineyard movement to, to, to some degree, with, with the Baptists, with other people, other ministries, as the Lord would lead me, with the Pentecostal groups, as the Holy Spirit would lead me. But I could never become a member because it would tie me. My usefulness is in the world, in the field, out in the society. Eventually what would happen is Max would leave and Max would end up in Denver. He knew John Wimber. He would become the... His ministry would become the biggest vineyard in Denver. I think this was mid-80s. I'm trying to remember. But uh, John Wimber was a friend, and Max started the vineyard down in Denver. I think there might have been one or two, but I think his was the big one, which eventually, when Max would leave Denver, there would be another brother who would take over the vineyard fellowship, uh, his name was John Leonard. And uh, John Leonard would have the vineyards there in Aurora for, I forget, 10 years, a decade, somewhere in there. Then he would start his own fellowship uh, harvest in South Denver. Now, some of you may have heard about all this. There's much more detail to it and how I knew these people. Max, I'd known him do the local churches. Eventually, we would become good friends. We would do a little bit of work together. I got to visit him about two years before he passed away. He passed away recently, two years ago, and we would go to California and get to go visit with him. And he was getting up in the years, about 80. But anyhow, I know I'm not going to be able to finish this whole testimony in this time period. I'm going to continue next week. Now, it's important... I feel that you know what would happen in the future in Denver because it would be Denver and what would happen with this little group of people of about 140, 50 people in Denver that would cause a great shift in the local churches in this country. It, was, it would be what happened in Denver would cause a whole new direction for many of the local church people throughout this country. 
not to be able to get to that today. But hang on, we'll be back for one final segment. Reasons to Own Gold. Brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group at allamericangold.com. Reason number 647. Most people don't even know that the courts have already ruled. Once money is deposited into the bank, the bank owns the money, and the depositor is merely an unsecured creditor of the bank. Which means if the bank goes under, you get paid last. After the financial crisis, instead of breaking up too big to fail, the government and the Federal Reserve created Dodd-Frank and made too big to fail banks even bigger while putting your deposits more at risk. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. To learn more, visit us at allamericangold.com or call us at 800-951-0592. Have you always wanted to be on the radio? Do you have strong opinions or ideas that you think should be heard? Why not host your own radio show right here on the Roar of the Rockies? You'll be on the same station as Brian Kilmeade, Michael Savage, and Alex Jones. You can brand yourself as an expert in your industry and grow your business. Imagine telling your potential clients you have your own radio show. That gives you instant credibility. For more information, call us at 970-587-5003. When dealing with a worldwide pandemic, remember to avoid, distance, and alienate yourself from friends, family, and neighbors. That way, when the crisis is over, no one will ask you to help them move, to borrow money, or bother you for a cup of sugar ever again. After all, who needs community anyway? This has been a public service announcement. Have a lonely, I mean lovely day. Hi, this is Mike Morris, owner of Warriors Revolution Tactical in Longmont. At Warriors Revolution, we have the largest selection of tactical gear and ammo in northern Colorado. But what many people may not know is that we now sell firearms. And even despite the recent run on firearms and ammunition, we have plenty of product in the store, including ARs, AKs, Glocks, SIGs, HK, and more. And don't forget all the bulk ammunition at the best prices in town. Need to do a private firearms transfer? We can do that too. I am a veteran of the United States Marine Corps, and our team is made up of veterans and security experts, not a bunch of salesmen. Our team is trained and fought with much of the actual equipment we sell. And one thing you should know is that we support the foundations and principles this great country was founded upon. So if you need tactical gear, ammo, firearms, AR parts or upgrades, and even survival accessories, stop by and visit us on Ken Pratt Boulevard and Bowen Street in Longmont. Or visit warriorsrevolution.com. That's warriorsrevolution.com. Okay, so it would be the churches in Denver, the little church in Denver that would cause a big shaking in uh, the Witness Lee churches throughout the country. Uh, So why would that be 
important? Well, because the purpose of the Living Stream Ministries, I believe, was God wanted uh, Witness Lee to begin to train and to train thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of believers on the Christian walk. Being born again, the Christian walk, the fundamentals of the Christian faith, to send them out, not to keep them in. This is the problem with ministries. Ministries are to train, to send out, not to keep in. And that has been the big problem with successful ministries, is they get big, and once they get big, then all the programs are to keep the people in. The principle was, I went into the local churches to be trained, to be sent out. And God, in 1979, sent me out, my wife and I. We've not been members of a, an assembly. We've worked with assemblies, but we cannot be a sitter. We have to be in the field, busy. God wanted the, these young people that were in these assemblies throughout this country to be sent out to where God wanted them to go. And so to do that, the Lord used the little assembly in Denver to shake. Because when this shaking took place in Denver and many of us began to leave, the other young people throughout the country in these assemblies began to wonder, wait a minute. And eventually there was an exodus out. Not there was an, At one time there was a gathering, but now there was an exit. Because God had a plan to take these people that were trained and very useful for him to send them out into the fields to labor. That was the purpose of the local churches. They still exist to this day, but uh, gone has, God has gone on. Uh, now, then Max Rappaport would eventually die, but eventually... He would, start the, he would start the vineyard movement down in Denver. It would be taken over eventually by John, John Leonard, who was also a local church pastor at one time. And I'm laying this out because next week I want to continue and give my testimony and the way that the Holy Spirit moves with us in our lives and it just seems like there's always an intertwining with our past. Well, God bless you. Podcasts are on 1360khnc.com Thursday program also and Saturday program. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. God bless you and walk in spirit. God bless you. 1360khnc.com has CBD products. Click on the shop button and get yours today. Just go to 1360khnc.com slash shop. The CBD on our website is 99% pure, all natural, no pesticides, non-GMO, is grown organically right here in Colorado, and is 100% THC free. Oh, and did you know ours is the lowest price CBD anywhere in northern Colorado? For all your CBD needs, just log on to 1360khnc.com slash shop. You're listening to the Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins.